Welcome to Face Your Faith with West Kenyon. It is our hope that today's study will encourage you to grow deeply in your relationship with God as we study the Word together. Now let's join West for today's study. Today our topic is on hope, and I hope our study together of God's Word will be very inspiring to you. This study also marks the first of four weeks of the Advent season, which serves as a time for each of us to refocus our attention on just why we even celebrate the birth of our Savior. Advent is by no means a, quote, holy time endorsed by God. It does, however, provide us with a great symbolism and is a very useful tool if used properly to get back in the face of our Savior in ways we have likely strayed from since last Christmas. I love how a good friend put it, Advent is a great analogy that is used to refocus our attention and to help us better understand where we are and where we need to be. He likened Advent to the parables that Jesus used to help us more easily understand and grasp the big picture of where our life is to be in Christ. And this first week of Advent, as we focus on hope, will be followed up over the coming three weeks by joy, peace, and love, which concludes on December 24th, which will then usher us into Christmas Day, the pinnacle of our time of remembrance this Christmas season. I know for some of you, the order of Advent I have presented is not the typical liturgical order, although there are various orders even in official liturgical circles. But after some curious hunting through God's Word, I decided to follow the order of Romans 15 as we walk through this Advent season. Remember, Advent is only a tool to help us get refocused, reconnected with God and what he did for us through his son Jesus, and therein lies no topical and or candle lighting order. And should we get bent out of shape on the order, we are certainly not focusing our attention on the author and perfecter of our faith, our lives, and our future with God in eternity. Another tradition of Advent is to light five candles, typically three that are purple, one pink, and one white. The three purple candles represent hope, peace, and love. The pink represents joy, and the white central candle is known as the Christ candle, representing the life of Christ and is lit on Christmas Eve. Again, just like our order of topic, candle color doesn't matter other than to serve as a bookmark on our journey week to week. And with that brief overview of how we can truly use the time of Advent, it is my sincere hope that you have a future in Christ Jesus, who came into this world as a baby for the sole purpose of being a sacrifice for our sins, so that everyone who receives the gift of his salvation will live eternally with God in heaven. Isn't knowing just that little bit of what we have to hope in for eternity positively and amazingly inspiring and full of hope? While a particular time of year should not be the reason we seek hope, it is nonetheless a time of year that many people do look for hope in a very dark and lost world. That said, however, we are never supposed to put our hope in the things of this world. And if we keep that focus all year, we will not be so depressed and distraught when the world does what it does. After all, if our hope and focus is on God and what He did for us through Jesus Christ, we are living in the security and knowledge of future perfection and a life of hope in Christ. So we are first going to take a look at our topic word, hope, in the dictionary, in an effort to help us get a good understanding as it pertains to the English language. And the dictionary tells us of hope that it is to cherish a desire with anticipation. Second definition, 
to want something to happen or be true. Third definition, to desire with expectation of obtainment or fulfillment. And four, someone or something on which hopes are centered. Here we see from the dictionary that hope is very big, very real, very necessary, and very much a needed part of our lives in order to find peace, satisfaction, and understanding of our present and future situations. So let's open the study reading Romans 15, 13. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. This indeed is a powerful statement that shows us exactly how we are to gain hope. Isn't it true that we often see something we want and then begin to hope that we will get it? And if we hope hard enough, put enough brain power into the thought and words, I hope, we will have a much better chance of that thing happening. But that is what self-centered hope looks like. That's what the world's hope looks like. It looks like a lottery ticket. And how often do people win the lottery? It's like a game of chance when we just hope in stuff or an outcome and not hope fully in the Lord and in Him alone. So what is hope? Hope is God, and God is hope. Our passage in Romans we just read also points us to understand that it requires God, the God of hope, to first fill us up with godly hope, which is joy and peace and believing. So after that process, we can actually have real hope and an abundance of it. Now let's take a look at Romans 8:24 through 25. Hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes in what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We now have learned that hope is a very big deal. Again, it's not a desire or whim and a bout of enthusiasm of wanting. It is a deep desire of something we cannot see, haven't seen directly, and while we are hoping, it must be done with the discipline of patience. At this early point in the study, perhaps you are thinking that hope is starting to sound a little less glamorous and exciting and more like work, and that certainly ruins the experience. But that's the point. Hope is not about satisfying self and our desire. Rather, it is about being grounded in things that are not of this world. And yes, that is exceptionally hard to do, but nonetheless required if we are to truly find everything we need in this life. And the Apostle Paul goes on to give us the encouragement and the evidence that we will need to grow in this area of our lives. And for that, we will take a look at Romans 15, 4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Notice the emphasis on listening to instructions and enduring what we are told. So if you've been hoping for a mink or a Maserati and haven't gotten either one yet, fret not. God evidently knows you are investing your hope in the wrong things. Looking back in my life, I am truly becoming much more satisfied that the Lord has not granted me all the stuff I hoped for. I know it would not have ultimately made me happy in the long run. I know I would not have the relationship I have with him today. And had I been granted all the stuff I desperately craved, I would have missed out and would be missing out on so many more valuable things that I have experienced to date. And the greatest thing I have experienced, and I'm now hoping for more regularly, is to know God better than I ever have to be able to study his word and to have it make good sense and have him teach me exactly what I need to know to live 
in an ever-growing hope. Truthfully, had I heard someone say this even 10 years ago, I would have probably agreed with the main concept of this, but deep down would have really wanted to still have the excitement of worldly hope. But knowing what I know now, I only wish I had known how good and amazing true hope in God was much earlier. Let's continue looking at more scripture. Romans 5, 2 through 5. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope for the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And that's the knowledge I needed to get a handle on in the past, and that of understanding of what I now appreciate so much today. I am standing on grace, and that alone is an amazing thing to keep my hope in on a daily basis. I can't imagine living outside of God's grace ever again, even if that is all I receive from Him. But the passage does not end there. It really tells us how to hope, why to hope, and the purpose of hope. And isn't it amazing, again, mind-blowing, that hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, all who believe. Again, what a gift, and that is something to hope in, the eternal, perfecting hope. And here we get even more encouragement to hope in from 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comprehension. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And there is our true hope as a believer in Christ looking to what we have not seen yet, because it is so much bigger and better than anything else in the universe. Let's take a look now at Titus 3, 7. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We are now really drilling down in scripture as to what we are to hope in and how we are to be ready to share and show that hope to the world. Let's continue on to 1 Peter 3, 15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And this is very clear instruction for us. As believers, we need to be ready to lovingly answer anyone who confronts us as to why we believe and have hope in God. But how many of us are truly prepared to give the reason as to why we have real authentic hope? And the answer to that is not many. In fact, I strongly believe most Christians are quite incapable of answering coherently. And why? Because we do several things with our lives. One, we often don't know ourselves and what hope even looks like. Two, if we do have an idea of what hope looks like, we feel we aren't worthy of giving someone such a straightforward answer in fear of sounding arrogant, and so we avoid being genuine with our answer. And the third possibility, we fraudulently gush over all the hope we have and how secure we do feel. Yet all of these reactions are responses to hope, 
are not at all God-honoring because hope is not something we feel. It is something we live out and know. And through that, we explain it. What's the proof? 1 Peter 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hope is not a what. It is not a thing. Hope is not a feeling. Hope is an existence, a lifestyle that can only be received and lived out in Christ Jesus through what he did for us from birth to death. Let's look again at Romans 8, 24 through 25. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what they see? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And let's reread again Titus 3, 7, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Hope is life in Christ, eternal life with God, and we are to wait for it with patience and expectation, just like we are waiting for his return. So how can we be assured that we are hoping in the right things? Well, we see the list is not long at all. In fact, it's one thing, hope in God. In contrast, what should we not hope for? We should not hope for selfish ambitions, the bigger house, the luxury cars, the clothes, the vacations, stuff and more stuff and more stuff. That is futile hope, and oftentimes God does not answer these selfish hope prayers. More proof? Matthew 6:19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. 2 Timothy 3.2 continues, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Moving on to 1 Timothy 6.17.19, we continue, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. This passage addresses exactly where our hope is to be and be at all times. God has no problem with rich people if they do not hope in their wealth and store up self-stuff to show off. Notice carefully, we also read that when our hope is in its proper place on God, He richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Hope then in God, in Jesus the Savior, and know that in this authentic, genuine, sincere hope, you will receive the riches, peace, joy, and love that will last from here to eternity. But remember this, when you do put your hope fully in God and give the answer of hope that is in you, you will be mocked. And even so, stand firm in your eternal hope and do not allow Satan to entice you to hand over your hope to anyone. And know this, 2 Peter 3, 3-4, scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing. Following their own sinful desires, they will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. And let's conclude with Philippians 2.21. For they all seek their own interests, their own earthly desires, 
their own worldly hope, not the hope of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God of all hope, we thank you for this time of being in your word to see and know what you desire of us most, and that is to hold out eternal hope in you through salvation in your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to see that authentic hope in you as all we need from you, and remember that no thing on earth can deliver the riches that your hope can and will if we receive it with expectation. You are a great and merciful God, abounding in love for us, and we thank you for that. Thank you for the gift of your Son, born to die for hope. And we ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 